We're talking wellness at Memorial Care Health System. It's time for a weekly dose of wellness. Here's Deborah Howell. Welcome to the show. This is your weekly dose of wellness. I'm Deborah Howell, and today's guest is Dr. Eric Montero, Medical Director of Cardiothoracic Surgery at Saddleback Memorial Medical Center. Dr. Montero is here to talk to us about heart valve disease and the minimally invasive surgical options available to patients who need heart valve repair or replacement. Welcome, Dr. Montero. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Lovely to have you here. Can you please describe for us the functions of the mitral heart valve and the aortic heart valve? Sure. So these structures are very discrete uh, structures within the heart. And their purpose is really to allow blood to go throughout the different heart chambers and to move in a very forward direction so that all the blood that gets pumped out of the heart goes to the rest of the body. So that's what they really do. They are, in a way, exactly one-way valves. Got it. So what is the the cause, then, of heart valve disease? You know, there are various reasons. You know, we call them various etiologies. It could be that some of the valves are just very calcified uh, over a period of time, uh, or it could be that the valve tissue itself is very floppy and makes the valve incompetent. But uh, there are many reasons. Also, uh, it could be an infection that happened many years ago or an infection that just happened recently. So all that can make the valve, uh, in a way, uh, you know, function abnormally. I understand. So what are some of the signs and symptoms of heart valve disease? You know, depending on the mechanism for the valve failure, uh, it could be that you're short of breath uh, or patients sometimes experience uh, just uh, uh, fatigue or they're very tired or, you know, if it's a worse case, uh, maybe chest pain. Uh, and then in, in really bad cases, you know, the heart function actually starts to fail. So it, it does affect other organs. Ah, okay. That's not a good thing. So what are some of the ways that we can then treat heart valve disease? You know, um, there is a spectrum of uh, valve involvement, if you will. And sometimes in the very mild cases, uh, medical management with uh, perhaps medications is enough. And of course, of course, a close follow-up. But in some situations in which the valve tissue is just no longer competent or, or um functioning properly, uh, sometimes you have to either repair or replace the valve altogether. And why might someone need surgery to repair or replace a heart valve? You know, there are certain what we call trigger points, uh, and this is why a conversation with uh, either a cardiologist or a cardiac surgeon is important, because uh, if there are certain clinical uh, sort of uh, events, for example, if you start having rhythm issues with your heart, uh, if you start having more uh, worsening symptoms, then something should be done. And, and most of the time, when the valve itself is not working well, uh, then uh, surgery may be indicated. I got it. Okay. So how do you determine whether a patient needs a repair or a replacement? Yeah. So, for example, if you have a valve that is just very calcified and, and very tight, if you will, so that blood has a hard time going through, uh, as in, for example, aortic valve stenosis, well, that valve traditionally in the United States is replaced. And, of course, you know, you have the options to have a tissue valve or a mechanical valve. But then, for example, in terms of the mitral valve, uh, if you just have a valve that is floppy, uh, that is leaking, uh, 
sometimes you can do certain things to make the valve more competent. Uh, it could be that you're removing a little segment of the valve or you're placating tissue to make the valve more competent. So it all depends on the etiology. And it used to be that heart surgery was a huge, huge deal for a patient. But now we have minimally invasive cardiac surgery. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so the, the best way to explain to a patient what minimally invasive heart surgery is, is simply an alternative incision cardiac surgery. And what I mean by that is, it is still heart surgery. We still have to use the heart-lung machine to be able to stop the heart and get inside the heart to do something to the valve. It's just that we're using smaller incisions. And while in the past, traditionally, we just split the breastbone through what we call a median sternotomy, now we can make smaller incisions. It could be just the upper part of the breastbone or the lower part through a 7 to 8 centimeter incision or on the side, something called a mini thoracotomy. So there are various, various approaches depending on what the needs are. I see. And in your opinion, when is minimally invasive approach an option? You know, when patients come to me and they have an isolated, uh, very discreet valve problem that needs to be surgically addressed, then, you know, if all else is optimal, including the anatomy of the chest, any previous operations or any uh, perhaps previous radiation to the chest, if all that is not present and the patient has an isolated valve problem, those are actually addressed via minimal invasive approach. But I tell you, in cardiac surgery, sometimes patients have multiple issues that have to be addressed. Let's say the patient needs two valves addressed and also bypass surgery. Well, a minimal invasive approach is not the right approach. You have to use the traditional median sternotomy, which is, by the way, very safe as well. Understood. Now, can both the mitral valve and the aortic valve be repaired and replaced with this minimally invasive approach? Absolutely. You can do each of the uh, valves individually or together. Uh, in fact, we've had some patients here at Saddleback that needed both their aortic valve replaced and the mitral valve repair, and we were able to do those uh, via minimally invasive approach. That is an incredible advantage. Wow. Love to hear that. So what are some of the biggest advantages for patients to have minimally invasive surgery versus traditional surgical methods? You know, it, it seems to me that one of the biggest uh, advantages for the patient is the small incisions. Uh, I think that that is a sort of a psychological boost. But there are other uh, advantages. For example, having um, less risk of bleeding, uh, perhaps, uh, or less pain. Uh, and in some cases, depending on the approach, uh, you can have, uh, you know, the ability to return to work faster or to resume your daily lives faster. Uh, so there are certain advantages, uh, but again, it all depends on the issue at hand. Sure. When you say return to work faster and return to things like driving, how, how long are we talking about if everything goes well? You know, if I were to do a traditional median sternotomy, then I would recommend that the patient refrain from driving for six to eight weeks mm -hmm. until the sternum heals, just like a, a fracture. But if you have a minimally invasive approach, uh, you can go back sometimes uh, in driving as long as you're off pain medication uh, within two to four weeks. Uh, and, and some people have gone back to work within a week, depending on what you do, of course. But I think that there is overall uh, 
the, the very real advantage of returning back to your normal life faster. It's just a fabulous day in medicine. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. What a pleasure. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. And to learn more or to listen to a podcast of the show, please visit memorialcare.org. I'm Deborah Howell. Join us again next time as we explore another weekly dose of wellness. Have yourself a fantastic day.